Uh, James 1, chapter 25. No, James chapter 1, verse 25. See, I'm already out of it. Um, look at the last part of that verse. It says, This man will be blessed in what he does. That's the way that verse ends. That this man will be blessed in all he does. And you can substitute, obviously, woman. This woman, this man, this child, this person, this believer, anybody who's called upon the name of the Lord and has been saved will be blessed. And uh, I'll just start out by, by asking the question, how, how many of you guys want to be blessed in all that you do? It says, this man will be blessed in all that he does. And I can't imagine that anybody would be sitting in this church or any other church across the nation would be saying, you know, there's nothing about that that sounds appealing to me. I don't want to be blessed. I want to be just full of junk. There's nobody that would say that. Of course, we all want to be blessed. And let me just, let me just say that, that the people of Peru are so blessed, especially the people that, that we had the opportunity to talk to and to minister to and to be around. These people are blessed in so many ways. You should hear their stories, stories after stories of how God has, has moved through them and for them. And, you know, if anybody ever had the right to sing that song, it would be uh, the Peruvians. If our God is for us, who could stand against? Because their testimonies are just ridiculous. You're almost like, you just want to walk up to Sam and say, you're lying. What you just told me is a lie, isn't it? You need to read James. You know what I mean? But they're not lying. I mean, there's just proof on all these stories, and I might share a couple in a minute. But there's a reason I think that they're blessed, and especially the people that are given the testimonies. There's a reason why I believe that they're blessed, and it has to do with the beginning of this verse. In fact, we start actually back in um, uh, verse 22. And, I, I've, man, I know I've shared this verse a thousand times probably. I, one, I like it. Um, but two, um, it's important for us to hear. But in verse 22, it says, But prove yourselves doers of the word. Remember, we had a whole, whole teaching series that centered around that. Prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of a person he is. And then verse 25 says, But one who looks intently, everybody say intently, at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Now there's all kinds of all throughout the Word, there's all kinds of um, little promises like this about how God will bless this type of a person. God will bless this type of a person. When we do this, we are rewarded with this. It's all over the Bible because that's how God is. He, he's, a, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Isn't that what Scripture says? This right here is particularly talking about the Word of God, about being hearers of the Word of God and doers of the Word of God. And I... When we're down there, let me just, let me just say, I, I have a few things jotted down. So, um, but let me just say that we got to serve the poor. We got to play with kids. You, most of you saw pictures online that we posted. It was hard for you to see probably too many pictures of us, uh, some of the guys that were able to teach. Because most of the time when we were teaching, we were all separated. We were off, you know, maybe I was teaching over here at this church or this thing. And Nick was over there and Sean was over here and our, our friend Elias was over here teaching, and we were 
hardly ever together. Only once or twice were we actually together when we were teaching. And so we have very few pictures, you know what I mean? Because it's not like I'm going to get up there to teach and then, you know, and say, hey, while I'm teaching, could you take some pictures of me? I'm not going to do that, you know what I mean? You know, it's all about me. I'm not going to do that. So we don't have very many pictures of that. We do have a couple of pictures of when we were all together and we would kind of trade off taking pictures and try to do it nonchalantly. We have the iPhone that's like pointing there and just, you know. So if you see any pictures, they were hard to get. Had to smuggle them across the border. But one of the things that we noticed when we were preaching from the very first day, because as soon as we, the first thing that we did was literally, um, we had a team go over to, to this place called Chincha and minister to kids. And then we had a team of teachers go and teach like a pastor's conference, a leadership conference down there. And uh, there might have been 25, 30 people or so at it. But these people came in, and they're Peruvians, you know, and, and Peruvians are very stoic. They don't have a whole lot of emotions in just, you know, normal day, I guess, dealings. But they came in, they sat down, they were ready to go, and they had their pens, and they had their paper, they had their Bible, and we just began teaching. And there was translators, and, um, you know, we just began teaching. And the people were just writing down feverishly. And the translator is even... He's just like, whoa. There's at one point, I think it was, um, I think it was Sean that was actually teaching. Well, he kind of did it all, the whole time. But there would be times where the, you know, one of us would say something, and he would translate it. And then he would even stop. The translator would, be stop, would stop and say, oh, man, that's good. And he would stop. And we're like waiting on him to make his marks in his Bible. You know what I mean? And we're just kind of laughing. Everybody's laughing. But he's translating for us. And he would even stop. The translator, his name is Pedro. He's a great guy. And... Um, and then all throughout the time, every time we taught, everywhere we were, the people had their, their Bibles, they had their pens, and they had their papers. And you guys, it was like they were hanging on every word. Every word. And, you know, the, right here, and, and remember, these are blessed people, these leaders. And they would tell us stories like, wow. I think the reason they were able to tell us the stories they were able to tell us is because they were people who looked intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty. They were people who were hungry for the word. This is one of the first things that struck me is that these people were hungry for the word. I think one of the things that we take advantage of is, is we walk into our churches here in America and, and we walk in and we don't really think much about what's going to happen. We know we'll get to worship. We know somebody will get up there and yab for 30 minutes. But we forget that we're coming to hear the word of God preached. And we forget that scripture tells us to be diligent about teaching the word of God. And he also, even here in James, says that we should be diligent and intent on hearing the word of God because hearing the word of God is the way we learn. You know, there are some that have been gifted to be uh, apostles and, and, and pastors and preachers and teachers and prophets and evangelists. You know, and there are some people that, that have the desire and, and the God-given gift to, to teach or to share and encourage. And we forget that. Sometimes we come in, and I don't know, I'm not even sure why we're here sometimes. You know, in America, I'm, I'm not saying Soma. I'm not not saying Soma. But we come into churches, and we don't have a pen. We don't have a paper to write on. Sometimes we don't even have our Bibles. And I don't, the only way I could say that is, are we hungry for the Word? Are we hungry for the Word? And that was one of the things that captured me. 
they were just hungry for the word. On the, uh, the last day of ministry down there, it was on Wednesday, uh, Elias and I went to spend time with um, seven or eight pastors that Pepe, the main church guy, the main guy we were with, that he oversees. So we sat down at this, you know, white, eight-foot white table. And we sit down, and, and uh, we open the Word. And um, it was funny. Uh, let me say this, too. Let me back up. Because every time, except for the main conference that we did the first time, every time we spoke um, to some of the leaders, we just kind of said, you know what, we're just going to answer questions. Maybe they have questions. Why go in there with some sort of thing that may not be relevant to them? Wouldn't you agree? So we're just going to ask questions. They're leaders, and they want us to pour into them. Well, let's just, what do you want to hear? You know, what, what do you have questions for? So we would do that, and then we would always pray to start up. And as soon as we would pray, God would give us words to say. And we didn't even get to the questions part till like at the end, God started speaking through his word, things that we kind of know. And, but the Lord's like, I want you to share this that you already know. I want you to share that. We began sharing and the people were like, what? You guys, I mean, I kind of feel bad because it's like, this is kind of secondhand. I'm not giving you leftovers, not leftovers, but you know what I mean? I, like, I already know this. I've known this for years. All I'm doing is telling you. The Lord prompted me to tell you, but I'm not even having to hardly look at my Bible. What I'm telling you is so right there. Things that I've taught here, things that the Lord's shown me, you know, same thing with the other guys. Just stuff that we know, that we take for granted. And these guys are like, say that again. You know, and they're writing it down and they're like, they'll stop and they'll ask questions. And it's like, you know, it kind of makes you feel good. Like, what? Dang, I'm pretty good, aren't I? You know? (laughs) And of course you don't feel like that. You're humble because you're like, oh my gosh. Like, you don't know that? Because none of these men, especially the day that, none of them have been to any kind of training. They just, they got saved. And somewhere along the line, they were affirmed that they have the gift to shepherd people where they had a desire to. And they began shepherding people. And so these people who are responsible for shepherding others were just hungry for the word, for themselves and so that they could feed their sheep. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how I would say a large majority of the people in this church right now, sitting here this morning, could literally be pastors in Peru. You know so much that you could be a pastor in Peru. You could could take people to places they never thought they could go in the Word of God in Peru by what you know. Is that weird to think? They're hungry for the word. They want the word. And I was just so challenged. So challenged by the way that they, they were asking questions. They had their pens. They were writing things down. It makes me think of Matthew 5, 6 where it says, that Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, which we know that comes from the word, knowing the word living the word, says that they shall be satisfied. I look at these Peruvian people, though they have very little, they're so satisfied, you know? Because what they do have, they're hungry for it, they're clinging for it, they're wanting it. One of the things I felt like the Lord was saying for us this morning as believers have got to come together with the purpose of hearing. When we come together on a Sunday morning, we're here to stand before the Lord to worship and for the purpose of, of hearing the word. And not just hearing the word. Not just like, okay, there's another sermon. There's another sermon. I'm talking about with the intent. Like it says right here in James. With the intent. With, or it looks intently. With the intent of hearing it 
ingesting it, applying it to our, our, our lives. So I'm just going to flat out put a challenge this morning to our church. How many of you, this is your church? How many of you thought this was Tony's church? Tabitha, you were kind of slow to... <laughs> we'll talk later. She's like, is this not your... Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Seriously, though, how many of you feel like this is your church? This is your church. This is your church. And my church. So this morning, I'm going to put a, a pretty hardcore challenge on you based upon how I was challenged this week. When you come into this door, you have your Bible. Don't dare walk through this door without your Bible. Now, I'm not saying if you get your Bible at home, you don't realize it until you're in the parking lot. Oh, we got to go home. We can't go to church this morning because Tony yelled at us for not having our Bible. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, intently think, I'm coming to hear the Word of God. Amen? And let me go a little bit further. Bring something to write on and to write with and write things down. We are all guilty of coming into church and sitting through a teaching. And how many of us are guilty of really kind of zoning out because we got so much on our mind and we are not hearers, not intently hearing and listening because we got so much on our mind or our belly's rumbling just a little or whatever. Dozens and do- let's just back up. Hundreds of sermons that we've sat before with nothing to recollect but our little minds. And we all know how that's going to work out. Even if it's just the main points in the main scripture, something that you can take away and, and, and work towards learning more or whatever throughout the week and growing in. I'm telling you, bring your Bibles and bring something to, to write on. Whether it's me teaching or Nick or Marvin or Melissa or anybody, it's always going to be good because we make sure it's good. You know what I mean? And I was thinking about how, I'll just say this. I'm going to, I need a box, a soapbox. Anybody got a soapbox? I thought some of the, some of the things, the main things that I shared with them are things that I've shared here and some pretty, pretty cool stuff. But it was in there. And the reason it was in there, you guys, is because during the weeks for you guys, I usually spend somewhere between eight and ten hours studying and asking and praying and hearing the Lord what He wants to to share. Eight to ten hours. For those of you who are wondering, what does he do during the week? I don't even play golf, okay? I don't. Right? Isn't that what pastors do during the week? They just play golf and eat Chinese, you know? By the way, they call Chinese chifa, and uh, we ate chifa in Peru. Eight to ten hours. And listen, that stuff is in me. Whenever I shared it, it was just in me. And I thought, okay, I, it's so cool because these guys are listening which is what you spend 8 to 10, sometimes 12, sometimes 15, if it's like stuff you can't wrap your brain around. Hours studying. And as a pastor, as a shepherd, I have to tell you, it, it can be discouraging now that I think about it, now that I've been to Peru and I'm like, hey, to spend that many hours to sit before a people that might not even remember what you said. There's nobody that works anywhere that wants to spend that kind of time not seeing their goals, their desires, their work being appreciated. Now, I'm not coming from the standpoint that you don't appreciate me. This is, this is a bigger picture. You guys hear what I'm saying? I'm going to do it regardless if you 
all are doing, listening or not, because that's what God's called me to do. And everything your hand finds to do, you do as unto the Lord. Amen? But what I'm saying for you is you be a people who intently appreciate the word and you dive in, whether it's me or it's anybody. Pastor John was here last week. How many of you are here for that? Yeah. He was telling me what he was going to teach on. He's like, I've been working on this and I've been working on it. I look forward to teaching this. And I hope you guys were just eating it up. I hope you were hungry for the word. Amen? Bring your Bibles. Bring, every one of these guys, when I was sitting around with those pastors, they were sitting there and they were just like, and every one of them had a little notebook. Um, it's, it's like they must take it around everywhere because it was filled with stuff and markings and they all had their little pens and what looked like a highlighter. I'm not sure what, they, what it was. Maybe it was like papaya juice in a straw, you know, you know I don't know. We highlight our Bibles with papaya juice. Anyway, but they're just writing things down. They had their notebooks. And they had their Bible, and they're writing it. And they're just oh, asking questions. We need to be like that, don't we? Don't we? Yes. We do. And I got to thinking about this. This another part of this verse where it says, um, um, well, later on where it says, uh, be be don't be hearers that forget. Don't be hearers. We need to be hungry for the word and not to be hearers of the word and people who forget. We, the way we don't forget is we write things down. Amen? How many of you went to college? I'm not saying you had to graduate, but how many of you at least went? How many of you went to high school? You had to write things down. You remember things because you write it down, unless you cheated like some of us did. And, but even then, you had, to cheat, you had to write the wrong answer. You know, whatever. Anyway. So don't be hearers that forget. And the next part, it says... Um, actually, before I go to the next part, I was thinking about Joshua. How Joshua, remember a couple weeks ago we talked about how God said, be strong and courageous and you go and you do. It's your job now. Moses is gone. It's your job now. You go on. And Joshua calls all the people and he says, come hither, come here, come forth. And it says, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And when he says that, it's like he's saying, um, come close with the intent of listening. Come close with the intent of hearing. Not just come. He says, come close, come hither. And hear the word of the Lord with the intent of listening, with the intent, ultimately, of obeying it and then passing it on. That was the second thing in the scripture says, don't just be a hearer that forgets, but be a doer that acts. And the other thing that impressed me about this, about this um, group of Peruvians, especially the leaders, is they were generous to give. They were generous to give in everything. All over the place. I mean, there, there's one church I spoke at. You guys, you can't even understand how poor this church was. I mean, you just can't imagine. I remember right before I went to preach, I was like, Donde es el baño? Where's the bathroom? You know, and they're like, oh, okay, I'll show you. And then the guy kind of stopped. And he's like, you could see it for a second. He's like, ugh. I'm like, what's the deal? But he's like, come on. And he showed me, and there's this little room, you know, I mean, maybe about the size of four of these floor tiles, you know, maybe six. And it was just this, this toilet that didn't have a back. It wasn't actually hooked up to water. Um, I don't know how they rigged this actually. And then there's a few buckets with water and you had to use the bathroom in this thing. And it was just filthy and nasty and dirty. I almost wanted to run. I'll go outside and use the bathroom or something. But you could tell for just a split second that he was actually kind of like worried and concerned about what I would think about his bathroom. Anyway, these people were poor. They met, there's probably 50 or 60 of them meeting in this little building. And the children's ministry was like this one corner designated over by the bathrooms 
um, for the children's ministry. So the whole time you're preaching, you can hear the kids and see the kids kind of doing their thing and putting on coloring and putting on stuff. You're poor, 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 poor. And so they worshiped, and these people were getting after it. I preached, shared the word. And, uh, and you guys, it's so funny. There's just a couple of scriptures that the Lord gave me during worship. One of them was uh, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his love for you in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The other one was Philippians 1, 6. Just the Lord gave me those. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I said, the Lord gave me two scriptures for you. I just want to share these, and then I'll share with what, you, what I'm going to teach. I shared the first scripture, and they came unglued. You want to talk about, like, I felt pretty good. It's like, we got to get this on camera. That was, you know. It was just one scripture, you guys, that we memorized when we were six. They heard it, and they were just like, whoa. It's like, whoa, man. Can I share with you another one? You know, so I share with them Philippians 1, 6. Oh, just, oh, you will be faithful to complete. You know, I guess that's what they were saying in Spanish. You guys, they were coming unglued. And is it because that God had showed them this massive revelation in that moment? I don't think so. But they were hungry for any word from the Lord. Anyway, so, so we, I preach and I share the actual message that I was teaching on. And, and then uh, afterwards, they, you know, it's so cool because they're so relaxed. We're eager to get to our restaurants. They're just like chilling out. Most of them come for forever away. And they're just willing to hang out forever. And so, anyway, we're done. It's finally time to go. We're kind of, you know, everybody comes up and hugs you and, and they kiss you. Like, you know, I, kiss, I told my wife I kiss more women on that trip than I have my whole life, you know. She's like, what? You know. But that's just what they do. Ciao, you know. But afterwards, we were getting ready to go, and the pastor, who's about this tall, um, came up to me and just threw his head into me and just squeezed. And while he was squeezing me, he... He put something in my hand. Let me back up. Um, during the offering, um, they took up the offering, and, and people came up to the offering, and there was a little bowl, kind of like what we do. You can bring your offering. And there was, you know, little, um, what do they call them, souls? People would throw in a soul, like would be like, how much is it? Like 30 cents or whatever, throwing stuff in. And um, my friend Elias, he, he put in like a um, like a hundred soul bill, and I, all I had was like a $50 bill soul bill, which would be like 20 bucks, I think. So I put that in. It's like, we just want to bless these people. And other people were bringing like sacks of food. And they were putting it on the, on the deal. It's like, there's like six, seven, maybe eight sacks of food and all kinds of stuff. One sack was kind of moving. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a live chicken in there, you know? No, it wasn't moving. I was just kidding. It would have been funny though. Um, so then we're leaving. We're getting ready to go. And uh, he hugs me and he, then while he's hugging me and um, he puts something into my hand, he like kind of shoves it in my hand. I look and there's this envelope. I'm thinking, where'd you get an envelope? Anyway, I, um, I opened it up and, it, and uh, it was every bit of the money that I saw in the offering plate. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And he goes, and he just looked at me like he was about to beat me up. And I feel like he probably could have, you know. And he, he said, you take it, you know, whatever he said in Spanish. And I was like, oh. So I, I wanted to accept it because I wanted him to be blessed because he was blessing me. I took it. And uh, you guys, it was like, it was the whole offering. And between, it's like what I had just put in there. And Elias, it was like probably, I don't know, close to 200 souls maybe, if that, 175 souls, souls, souls. This literally, this literally would have probably supported their church for about three to four months. 
this offering. And I was just completely humbled. They're so generous to give. But as it relates to the word, they were also generous to give. One of the reasons I think that these people were hungry for the word is because they were ready and generous to give the word away. You know, it says here in James, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, the word of God, and abides by it, lives it out, walks it out, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. When we are... When we are uh, hungry to hear, part of the reason we are hungry to hear is for ourselves, but also because we want to be generous to give, generous to give that away. They're literally writing. I mean, I think, what if these guys had sat around the, that white table that morning and heard all this stuff we were sharing and didn't write one thing down? How much would they have been able to communicate to the people they were about to go minister to? How much are we able to communicate? What was the message about this morning? Uh, he was in the New Testament, and... Um, he was talking about, like, Jesus, and, you know. And we should all really be good people. You know, sometimes that's what we walk away. I don't, you know, I don't remember by Sunday night. We don't even remember what we heard that Sunday morning. Am I the only one? Come on, people. Am I the only one? Well, then raise your hands and be, admit that. They wrote everything down because they knew, literally for them, the next three to four months, for them, this was the next three to four months, maybe years of teaching and helping share to their people. Why? They were hearers of the word. Why? Because they were generous to give and they wanted to give. They wanted to go out. And it just, I got convicted for myself and, and for all of us. There's a reason that we don't mentor and disciple people and pull people along in the faith. It's because we can't remember what we heard. I think I've said this before, and I'm on a soapbox, I know. Um, I've said this before, that when George Barna, he's a guy that does statistics and all this stuff. He does a lot of stuff for Christian stuff especially. And he said, you know, most people in America are really comfortable with their worship, whatever that means. Like, they love to worship. They will worship. They feel comfortable doing it. Oh, let's yabba-dabba-doo all day long. Most people feel comfortable in missions. And he lists this, this Christian stuff, our, our stuff that we're involved in. People just feel very confident and and, and those things. But the number one thing that people in America feel a lack of confidence in is their knowledge of the Word of God. That's ridiculous. Why? We're taught it every Sunday morning. Not only are we taught it every Sunday morning, we actually get to take our Bibles home and read it. We have computers full of all kinds of software and meet, stuff online we can look at. We can know anything that we want. The problem is we're not hungry for it. And the reason we're not generous to give it is because we don't have it. Obviously, I'm talking broadly, right? You guys, we've got a long way to go here. I was thinking this morning on the way to church, I was thinking about Tyler, Texas, and I was thinking about how you guys know Tyler. You know, I've lived here almost my whole life. Tyler's just so, like, can be so religious, and there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of churches, a lot of worship, a lot of all kinds of stuff going on. But still, this city is just lost. So much depravity, so many people that aren't walking with the Lord, so much religious junk. I'm like, what if? I just I kind of got vision. Not that it's not already part of our vision here, but like, what if we did? What if there was a church of 100 people that met every Sunday and was hungry for the word? They wrote down everything they had to say, and they made it a point week after week after week to meet with people that they can sow those things into. What would the city look like? 
and, and, but we don't. Not only us, but there's other churches, plenty of other churches, but I would say every church, full of people that there's a great percentage of people that just come in. They don't even have their Bible. They're here because they bought a new shirt and they want everybody to see it. I'll, you laugh, but there's plenty of people. That's their motivation for going to church. I mean, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know I'm, I'm kind of being like, Ugh, I told you I was coming in the spirit of James today, though. James is one of those guys that just kind of thumps you on the ear. But here's the deal. The people were hungry to hear. And they were generous to give that out. Believers should find it rewarding to bless others with what they themselves have been blessed with. It's like that offering. We were blessing them. We were blessing them. That guy probably looked down at that offering and was like, oh, man, we hit the jackpot. But then in humility, he said, I'm going to give that to Pastor Tony. Pastor Tony Herring. From Soma Church. So I didn't even say that. Church. They couldn't say church. Believers should find it rewarding. Every one of us should find it rewarding to take what we've been given and given out to others. Amen? I'm on the soapbox, and I know I am. There's a passage in, in Titus. It's, it's talking about elders. It's talking about those who aspire to be leaders and some of the qualifications. But it says that he must... She must, we all must, because we're all supposed to be influencers and leaders in the church. He must hold firm to the sure word as it's taught, so that, you circle so that, Timoth- uh, Titus 1.9, so that he may be able to give instruction to others in sound doctrine. And also to, con- uh, to, con- also to um, defend those who contradict it. We should hold firm to the taught word. Hold firm, hold firm to me is like, okay, let's write this thing down. Let's learn it so I can hold firm to it so that I will be able to give it to others. So reward and blessing others with what we have received. And the last thing is we've actually already said it. But hearers, uh, believers who are hungry to hear the word and generous to give it out will be blessed in all they do. This is what we started out with. This is what we want. And there's all kinds of ways that you can be blessed, the word says. But this says, in all that you do, in every effort that you make to give out, to pour, to be generous, to pour out, it will be blessed. You don't even have to worry if you're a person who is intent on hearing the word and not being someone that hears the word and forgets, but becomes a doer of the word and acts. Acts of righteousness in our own life, acts of pouring out, acts of giving our lives away. There's a blessing. And these people down in in Peru, and not everybody, obviously there's lost people down there and there's selfish people and all that kind of stuff. But I met with a group of people that were blessed to believe. They were blessed to believe the Word of God. They didn't just hear it, oh, okay, that might be cool. No, they believed that it was for them. They held on to it dearly and they were generous to give it away. Amen? We have a... Amen. We have a little bit of time. We do this every now and then.